Yata, hello. It's Alison here, and I'm the pastor at Sanctuary. We're based on Peak Warren Country in Warrnambool. Today I'm reflecting on Isaiah's vision of the good society, and you'll find that in Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 through 35. A city of joy and its people a delight. This is what God promises through the prophet Isaiah. It sounds wonderful. So what are the elements of this joyful city? Well, first, says Isaiah, health and wellness. No child will die young. No senior will die prematurely. And we can imagine it. There are no coal-fired power stations, no rampaging wildfires, no smouldering rainforests, and no unprecedented heat waves. No children or elders are struggling for breath through air thick with particulate matter. And no one is sick from herbicides or forever chemicals because these are strictly banned. And no one is collapsing from the heat. Instead, in this city, the air is clean and the soil and waters too. This is a city built for walking and cycling and it's dotted with benches and free health clinics. Loneliness kills, so this city facilitates connection and community. This city is filled with laughter. It's a city of green power, a city of cool shade, a city of choirs and community gardens. In this city, veggies are abundant and shared, and everyone has enough to eat. The second element to the city, says Isaiah, is good work. They shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat. And we can imagine it. This city legislates for permanent contracts, fair wages, proper breaks and sick leave for all. There's no insecure and casualised struggling workforce. Labour is not funnelled towards the enrichment of the few. Corporations and wealthy individuals are heftily taxed and minimum wage is enough to get by. People can afford to live, for in this city, housing is built for people, not profit. Medical care is for people, not profit. Labour is meaningful and generative. For, Isaiah says, the people shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall enjoy the work of their hands. The final element of the joyful city is peaceable relations. The wolf and the lamb shall lie down together. They shall not hurt or destroy on my holy mountain. And we can imagine it. This is not a city where some dominate and others cower. It's not a city where predators roam and the vulnerable are turned into prey. Nor is it a city which is driven by competition or consumption or fueled by division and spite. Instead, it's a city where men and women, left and right, rich and poor, gay and straight, and all the other binaries live together not merely in safety, but with tenderness, with ease. In this city, powerful people divest themselves of power to serve, and diverse people unite together to make life healthy and meaningful, even beautiful for everyone, even and especially the most vulnerable.
more in this city, humans have learned to live in ways which are no longer destructive, exploitative or extractive. Instead, they come alongside other species. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. So this city is renowned for biodiversity and butterflies, for regenerative farming, for rewilding, for abundant bush foods, and for vast landscapes and waterways returned to Indigenous management and care. This is Isaiah's vision of salvation then. Good health, good work, and good relationships between people and each other and the animals and the land. This is what God's new creation entails. This is what leads to a city of joy and its people a delight. And yes, we can imagine it, but perhaps it feels like a pipe dream. For we live in a shattered region which groans with the devastation of genocide. We live in a shattered landscape which has been cleared almost to baldness. We live in a shattered city where priestly predators long preyed upon children. We live in a shattered climate where catastrophe is already taking place. After years of underfunding and now the pandemic, our health system is crumbling and many of our elders live with desperately substandard care. Our politics are divisive, our media is polarising, we feel guilty about being colonisers and we don't know the way ahead. So while Isaiah's vision is very nice and all, surely it's a fantasy. Yet a devastated people in a devastated landscape were precisely the people who first received this vision. Many years earlier, Judah had been invaded by the Assyrians. The elite had been carted off, houses and buildings laid to waste, the fruits of the earth seized, the springs salted, the fields burned. Two hundred years later, the tide turned. Assyria fell, Persia rose, and King Darius sent the exiles home to rebuild. So Isaiah's vision of peace and plenty was directed to people who'd been displaced by war and invasion, who had been living and raising children in exile, and who were now returning to a strange and socially and ecologically shattered land. So the new creation here is not a tweaking of what was the Garden of Eden. Instead, the new creation emerges precisely out of the chaos of war and trauma and human and ecological devastation. This is a vision for shattered people who are questioning what it means to live faithfully. This is a vision for struggling people who are wondering about their place in the land and how to live with justice and joy. In other words, it's a vision for people a little bit like us. And what we see in this vision is that the joy-filled city needs God, God who is pouring life into the world to create a new heaven and earth. But it also needs people who can imagine this new creation and help bring it about. 
And we do this by seeking good health, good work and good relationships, not only for ourselves, but for our neighbourhoods, our region and all of creation. And in this work, we generate hope. For if the words are true and the timing is right, we shall not labour in vain or bear children for disaster. For they shall be children blessed by God, says Isaiah. How then do we get involved in what God is already bringing about? Well, care for a child, care for elders, chat with a stranger and build connection. Plant a tree, plant a garden, lobby a bank, do what you can to mitigate climate change, do good work. Help others to do these things too. And don't forget to rest. Because simply stopping heals all manner of social, cultural and climate ills. And the joy of the Sabbath is for everyone. And in all things, persist, trusting that God is continuing to create a new thing, a region created as a joy, and its people as a delight where babies and elders will live long years, where labour is fair and work is meaningful, where all people have good food and green spaces, where former enemies are transformed into friends, where the fox shall eat flaxily like the kangaroo and patriarchal domination and colonial capitalist violence will no longer gnaw at the human heart. Those serpents shall eat dust. Indeed, they shall not mine or hurt or destroy on God's holy mountain, not Bajbim, not Lura, not Moigel, not Koroid. Friends, in all that we do, let us keep our eyes fixed on this vision of salvation and let us work and pray for the joyful day when the vision encompasses everyone. There's always more to read on our website, that's sanctuarybaptist.org. And this week there's a little reflective tool using the story of Zacchaeus to wonder about our priorities and what blocks us from accessing Jesus. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. And if you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you'll find the details for this on the website. This week's reflection was prepared on the lands of the Pequorong people of the eastern Ma Nation, a land which was taken by force and has never been ceded. This week the rivers are still in flood and there's been a corresponding explosion in insect life, dragonflies, midges, and of course, clouds and clouds of mosquitoes. On Tuesday night we flapped them off as we watched a blood moon move across the skyway. I pay my respects to elders past and present. The peace of the land, earth, sea and sky be with us all. Amen.